Today we're going to learn about endurance hiking. Backpacker.com has a list of America's hardest day hikes. And number two on that list is the Pemi Loop in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. This 32-mile loop has an elevation change of 18,000 feet, and they say the X factor is knee-hammering rocks. My friend Matt McKenzie of Andover, Massachusetts, and two of his friends did the Pemi Loop back on Father's Day weekend. Matt, good morning. What is the Pemi Loop, and what makes it so special? The Pemi Loop is a technically a 31 and a half uh, multi-summit traverse through the White Mountains as part of the uh, presidential traverse. I think it's so special because it's a lot of people do it as a day hike, which is really, really amazing because it's it's actually some people do it in a day. Uh, and the views, I think the views are the the best part about that hike. Well, among other things I read on Backpacker.com, it talked about the way that it wrecks your knees. It talked about being demoralizing. Why is this so difficult? <laughs> you know, for me, I'm not a uh, I'm not a I'm not a hiker. I hike. I do a few miles here and there, but um, I'm a big kayaker. But going up there and in, in getting into these mountains and really, really going through the uh, you know the the elevation changes, the ups and downs, and it is it is amazing how much your body can like be subjected to and and quit and think it needs to quit and then you know just keep on going i think um just an amazing hike because of the elevation change it's just up and down and you know it's very very taxing on on the the whole body <laughs> Eighteen thousand feet of elevation change it's been about three weeks now do parts of your body still hurt yes three weeks later i've got a uh, one toe that's toenail that's completely black and I'm just I'm actually waiting for that to fall off just only a matter of time now I'm surprised it hasn't yet um you know my hips and my um my calves my calves are getting a lot better but uh my hips and just joints you know I it's a it's a very it's a, it's like doing hours and hours of of stairs a day climbing up giant granite stairs for for miles if you were to do it again, would you precondition differently than you did for three weeks ago? Yes, yeah, so I, I definitely would. I did, um, you know, a bunch of trail running, you know, behind my house in the woods. I did uh, a few miles a day every morning, but um, not a whole lot of elevation. I think I would have worked more on elevation. And, and to be honest, when I was there, and I hated going up, going up for those, you know, four miles of granite like blocks like straight up almost it was really getting to me and then i i thought you know it'd be great to go back down and then when i started going down that was worse well what i found from my grand canyon hike was the down was worse than up it kills your thighs and your calves is that what bothered you the most on the downward trek yes um climbing up is very very strenuous on your um on your quads um and it's just you're climbing but going down is totally different it's it's your totally different muscle group and when you get to a point where you're also traversing these rocks and these drop-offs that are like it's all about balance so it's hopping from one rock to the other and you're using 
even the smallest little muscles in, in, in techniques that you've never even, you know, used before, you know, if you haven't, if you're not an avid, you know, hiker, those are the things that, you know, start to wear and, and tear and then, and then you start to feel it. All right. Tell me about day one, the trailhead and what day one was like. Trailhead was good. It was a little like two mile walk straight flat in and then we started going up. It was really hot. So we started going up um, to our first summit and we made it a couple times. I was like, this is crazy. Like, I don't know if, like, where's the top? Like, you just keep looking, looking for the top and there's, there's, there's no top, there's no summit. And then, you know, a few hours later, you know, you get there and then we go on to the, to the next spot and, you know, try to find a place to camp because we did it in three days. So um, it was a little bit different than just a day hike. How heavy is your pack and what's in it? So my pack starts off really heavy, unfortunately. I'm not a a seasoned backpacker, if you will. Um, you know, I still like some uh, to take some, you know, food with me, a good amount of food. Uh, so unfortunately, I took a little bit too much food, but it's, it's all right. I had it there if I needed it, and, you know, I, I humped that extra weight. Um, Any beverages besides water? Um, a little flask of bourbon, yes. Um, no room for cold beers up there, but um, a little flask of bourbon, you know, at night before bed. We, uh, you know, had a fire, cooked some food. There's three of us. And, um, you know, my pack was heavy, but I felt um, I felt confident in my pack because I knew if anything did happen, we were away from a lot of, you know, ways out except for a chopper. So, you know, I, I, could, I could sit for four or five days and... and live fine just what's in my bag so typical breakfast lunch and dinner on the pemi loop all right so breakfast was um just some coffee some cooked up some nice coffees i brought um i think i brought some instant my brother brought some uh, fresh ground i was gonna bring the ground but i didn't i just i tried to go light but <laughs> so i go heavy in the other areas um oatmeal for breakfast and uh, maybe a bar and then um, lunch is just some tuna packets, a couple wraps, and um, had a couple of those like energy chews on the way. Uh, not the best thing for you, but they good little burst to keep you going on on the trail. Um, nothing you'd eat on like a daily basis. Um, and then dinner, we had some beans, rice. We had some a uh, little bit of like you know, fish, and um, you know some freeze dried meals of course and uh, some soups but um we always do well in the food category <laughs> tell me about the challenge of finding water on this hike there wasn't much there and it was even worse because of the current pandemic yes exactly so we hiked up and it was probably 90 degrees and it was it was really hot and and there was a lot of people on the trail because everyone's hiking right now you know everyone's getting out there and, and doing their thing um so our first night we had to like you know, get some water out of a, a crack in some rocks that was trickling down from a, a an underground spring. And, you know, it took a little while to, to get this water into our bag to filter it and then fill up all our water bottles so we could, so we could go on. Um, and I think that was the night where I said if we were to camp here, I might head out. I had some doubts about this you whole thing. You mean quit, go home? Yeah, so that's a whole different story. Ask me that question after. But back to the water. <laughs> Back to the water, we had, um, we're at the top of uh, Mount Garfield, 
and they have a shelter there that's run by the uh, Forest Service. They have it's usually open, but they have a at least they have outside an outside an outside spigot and they have an outdoor shower. But because of COVID, they shut that whole spigot down and and people weren't getting water. So there's a lot of people coming up there and, and complaining that there was no water on the mountain. Uh, we were in, in a drought and they shut off the the spigots from the you know the easy access water places. So we had to you know literally sit for an hour and, and trickle like drop by drop coming out of like random rocks along the trail did you anticipate more stream water access just because you're in four thousand wood mountains in northern new england you'd think maybe mother nature i know you said a drought but you'd yeah. think at some point there'd be some active streams you could get water from and filter it i did because most of my hikes in the past have been you know either to water or long water or there's always been a you know a stream a mountain brook or something you know to get water from even even a mountaintop pond and i could you know pump it with my filter right out of it but you know this this was a very different situation where i have never never been actually worried about getting water for the next day or you know because most of our meals you know need water to boil they're those you know those those freeze-dried meals you, you know you need a little bit of water but this is the first hike i've ever experienced uh, a lack of water to this to that degree and then the role water plays in having to be replenished for the next day's hike and the fact that you added some Gatorade to it or some kind of electrolyte fluid to yeah. re-energize the body. Yeah, so I, I have a few different um, you know, electrolytes. I have a Young Living electrolyte fluid that I use. Um, it's, it's a powder that I add to my, um, add to my um, water, replenishes, replenishes the electrolytes, and... It um, is filled with branched-chain amino acids, which you know helps with muscle recovery. So I threw all that in my water, and you know, along with the chews, it was you know something where water is gonna. You need to drink a lot before bed to replenish all that all that all that uh, muscle use for the day, and then you needed to cook your food, uh, and you needed to drink and stay hydrated along the way. So you know when you're hiking 12, 15 miles a day. Um, you want to be drinking a good amount of water. You really don't. It's not ideal to have um, you know low water intake. You want to just keep that up as much. You want to be extracting that water as much as possible. What were nights like on the Pemi Trail? You've camped. You're done for the day. You've had dinner. It's not quite bedtime yet. Is it totally quiet? No artificial light, and you really hear nature. Yeah, so the first night we camped, it was in like a little like pine hollow, and it was really cool because it was like a, enough room for three of our small one-man, you know, light light packing tents and um, a little fire in the middle, and we had you know plenty of food. We we cooked, we had you know a little drink, and then we just basically all just like went to bed. We were beat. We hung our food because of bears. We had a we were at an elevation where we thought that we might have an issue with bears. So we did hang our food bags that night. Uh, luckily, we had we didn't have any issues. That was our first night. Our second night was on like a summit of one of the one of the uh, four thousand plus footers, and it was funny because the only reason we got to camp at this spot, uh, Wayne, was because of COVID nineteen. Because if we weren't in this pandemic, the shelter that's run by the Forest Service would have been open. And you're not allowed to camp on this area where the Forest Service has their little, 
you know shelter that's open you were it's not it's a no camping zone but because it was boarded up and closed and shut and we were the only ones that got there first that day we decided to camp right there and it was the best view that you could ever find up there it was amazing we're at the top overlooking this huge valley of all these mountains and the way the sun came down and we we looked at each other and we're like oh this sucks because you know there's no water this place isn't open it's not like it's normal but one of my buddies said said you know what we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for this pandemic we wouldn't even be allowed to camp right here so i guess that is the irony in that it's like you know maybe some beautiful things come out of something crappy i don't know <laughs> speaking of bears what critters did you see either while hiking or camping what is out there in the wilderness including perhaps threats yeah so we we didn't see a whole lot of like threats uh, we were we had some uh, perceived threats by uh, the bears for stealing the food and you know maybe like trying to snuggle in my sleeping bag but um <laughs> luckily we didn't get in any of that um the most amazing thing there was you know the little like chipmunks and stuff everywhere and uh we didn't see anything too crazy what i did notice was really amazing was um the the birds there was one bird that was on the top of this mountain that had this song to it like the songbird that had this this song that it was singing over and over and it was it's hard to explain um, you know what I'm going to research it and I'm going to send it to you, Wayne, because it's really amazing. It's It was only on the summits of these mountains and it was this real beautiful but like different, like I can't even do it. If I do it, I'm going to do it no justice right now. <laughs> but um, the birds, the birds had a really, they were really cool. It's cool to see birds. And the weather wasn't dry the whole time. Tell me about the deluge. <laughs> yeah. So we um, we hiked for two days and then... In, in two nights and then on our our third day out hiking down we summited um, Mount Bond at Bond Cliffs which is um, really amazing to see so just as we were getting up to Bond Cliffs a thunderstorm started rolling in and it was it was kind of chasing us so we didn't we didn't spend too much time on top of the cliff in fact I tried to make a call up there it didn't last long and we had a quick snack and then we just you know boogied down from there but coming down was really amazing because it was hot and this thunderstorm came over us and it was just it was just incredible like the roaring the the shaking the the lightning and just the pouring rain and then and then the pouring rain while the sun came out afterwards was just the coolest you know hiking down a trail looking back up at this green mountainside that's just covered in pouring rain but the sun shining it was just and we we're all soaked and it was just it was amazing it was our first shower are you saying that on top of a cliff that's probably around 4,000 feet high in the presidential mountains of new hampshire you had cell service you're in the middle of nowhere yep so where that is situated that last cliff apparently it's close enough to lincoln new hampshire i believe and there's actually decent service on top of that hill but there's a lot of pockets up there where, you know, obviously you don't have service. And, you know, unfortunately today you, you really can't find, it's tough to find a place without service, which, you know, I like those places when I do find them. <laughs> All right. So you talked about nearly bailing on this mm. and not completing it. While, by the way, your two partners were going to continue on even if you bailed out. 
Talk me through your thought process and what went through your mind and how you were able to persevere even though you nearly jumped ship. Yeah, so my the two guys I was with are, are um, pretty avid hikers. They actually did this this same trail in a day. Uh, Mark Barasa and my brother Brian McKenzie. And they did this trek in 16 hours or 15 hours one day they they basically jogged it and it's it's a feat for those people and you know that's 31 and a half miles yeah up and down yeah and that's you know what that's on me and, and nor did i train for this but i went in it and i said you know what i'm gonna give him my best and see what happens and after that first day i full disclosure you're in really good shape to begin with <laughs> yeah yeah which is crazy like you would like people you look at me and be like oh you could do this and and you know what it, it's it tested your mind, your body, and your soul is what it tested. And there was times where, you know, my legs didn't work. You know, I didn't think I'd get much more out of them. And there was times I didn't think I'd get much more out of my, um, you know, my soul and my, and, my, and my head. And, you know, I, I thought about, you know, turning back. I was like, you know, I might just hike down here, uh, hitch a ride back to the cars, and, um, you know, sit in the riverbed for, for a weekend. Marathon runners say that when the body begins to give out, the knees and the legs get rubbery. Did that happen to you? Yes. So there was a couple times on that first day where my my legs got a little rubbery. And you know what? I actually, I think I built up a good amount of, um, you know, stamina throughout, throughout those first, like, you know, that first, like, day and a half or, or two days because, uh the past two winters I've, I've hiked a, a bunch in the winter uh, snowshoeing and there was one day where I couldn't even walk after that like it was just jello and you know maybe that helped but that was still you know that was a long time ago but but I think the whole um, you know jello leg thing is just um, it happens <laughs> so you thought about bailing out midway through why didn't you? How were you able to finish? What broke the tie to stay on the trail and tough it out? Yeah, so to be honest, I think one spot that we were going to camp um, was full of bugs. There's a lot of black flies. And we, we hiked down from the summit down about uh, 0.3 miles to get water. And we were going to camp there. And it, it just wasn't an ideal camping spot. But How did on you the, know there was water down there? Why wasn't it up top? Well, apparently that's what the map said. Okay. That's, where, that's where you get it from the spring. And um, just a crevasse in the rocks, and we just stuck our water bottles in and you know, got as much as we could. But, um, you know, if we were to camp there that night, I, I was hiking down. I said, if we camp here and I wake up in the morning and my legs are, as, you know, is going to be as hurting as I think they are, um, I'm going to hike down. I'm not going to make this because I saw from the summit, you could see the other side of where you had to go. And I thought that was totally out of reach. I didn't think I could do that in, you know, two days or a week or, or five months. I'm like, that's that's crazy. I'm not getting over there. You know, I actually thought that. And then, you know, we didn't we didn't camp there that night because of the bugs. So we hiked back up to the, that summit and we just kept going until we found another um, spot to camp. And by then, you know, I was I was just you know running on adrenaline. I was feeling great. And then I woke up in the morning and. You know, I was feeling great, and I just said, you know what? I'm in this to win this. I said, you know what? I'm already up here. I'm like, I'm doing this for me. I said, you know, this would be something cool to get done, and um, 
I'm going to do it. Did Brian and Mark play a role? How much of a factor were they in being your support system to say, you can finish this, don't bail now? Yep. Yeah, so so they're great. I mean, my brother and my best friend, I mean, you couldn't, you know, for a good hike like this, a first-time first time hiker, I'm a first-time hiker, you know, um, you couldn't ask to go with, you know, better guys. You know, they, they'll, they'll push you, you know, they'll comfort you, they'll, they'll walk. I mean, we've, we all had our, um, to be honest, we all had our issues on this um on this hike it was father's day and um you know my friend mark lost his dad when he was really young and there was a spot on the trail where he stopped and you know he was sitting there thinking about him for a while and we you know we give each other our our space you know you get it out on the trail you leave it out on the trail and you uh you drive on one thing that intrigued me is that nowadays i power walk three four miles at a time on a flat airline trail or hop river trail and you know i, I enjoy it here you've done approaching 30 miles, 18,000 foot elevation change, and you hit what they call the death march, which is essentially about four miles of yeah. level. Yeah. Was it, What made that so tough? Why is it called the death march when it's level compared to what you've just done? Yeah. So first of all, my brother and my buddy said it was like only like three quarters of a mile flat to get out after we got to the trail but i eventually found out it was almost four miles but this death march is is the worst it's um you know i would rather be going up and down to be honest and in the death march is is it's physically challenging because it's different than what you've been doing so i've been doing ups and downs for the past three days and then i go on a flat hiking trail for almost four miles but it's straight so psychologically you cannot even see the end of it so you don't even know when it ends you just know you're just going and going and going and it doesn't end you know there's different muscles your calves your different stuff starts hurting at that point and you start just you know just walking <laughs> slow until you get to the end so when you're at the end what is there? What do you see? How do you know that you've reached the end? And when you've hit the end, what is your mindset? What is the emotion? Oh, man, there's a, as soon as I get to the end, I know I get to the end because um, I've been on that trail prior, but not for this, this whole trip, but uh, a short trip. The first thing you see when you get to the end is you start seeing the river getting closer to the trail. So you know you're getting to the end. And then you see this large uh, suspension bridge across the river. And then, you know, my brother and my buddy Mark are right there waiting for me because I'm, you know, dragging up behind because I'm slow as hell. <laughs> um, but, you know, they're waiting for me. My brother gives me a big, huge hug. And he's like, congratulations, bro. And that was it. It was just like, congratulations. Like, all the pain I had in me, it was like, you know what? It's pain. It's going to go away soon. And this is an awesome thing I just did. You know, we go back to the... Um, our cars were right there at the parking lot so we go back to the car and just start taking off the wet socks and you know making sure everything's good and um you know packing up to uh head out and get a good meal when i hit the rim of the grand canyon that final day the word euphoria really stands mm. out to me is that what you felt did you feel euphoria when you completed this incredible 31 and a half mile hike yeah i definitely did i i did when I got to the end of the hike, I did at the top of some of those last summits. And um, 
I really felt it when I got to that the, the end of the trail to that to that bridge going across the river to the parking lot. I knew at that point this has just been amazing for me personally, uh, for my friendship with my friend and my relationship with my brother, and I just knew that this would be a a huge moment in in my life. How badly did you three need a shower? We hopped right in the river. We 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 drove down the road to a little swimming spot, and I had a thing of Dr. Bronner's, and we jumped in the river, and we just soaked in that cold stream, soaked up, and then uh, went and got some burgers. Was there a point when you were on that trail, before or after you decided that you might bail out, that you said, don't ever do this again? And then when you finished it, either that moment or hours or days later, you said, man... I want to do that again. Yeah. So I was like, why Why am I, first of all, a couple of times during it, I said, why am I doing this? You know, I don't need, I don't need to do this. Uh, and then afterwards, I'm like, you know, why Why would I do that again? Like, really? Why would I do, why would I do that again? You know, that was a lot. It was a lot of work, you know. Um, and then my buddy Wayne here asked me, would you do that again? I think that's the first time anyone really even asked me since then. He said, would you do that again? And I... And my immediate answer was yes, and I don't know why <laughs> my my answer was that immediate of a yes, but it just was, and I think that that came from deep down inside. It's like, you know, yeah, I I got something from that trip, I felt something from that trip, and yes, I, I yeah, I'd probably do it again, yeah. And lastly, Matt, for the people that are listening now, who maybe get inspired to say, man, that sounds like a real challenge. What advice would you have for them? Starting, I guess, with conditioning. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you uh, make sure you're conditioning before um, some trail running. Uh, do some um, some you know some altitude climbing and in ups and downs. You know, like a small hill or mountain by your house or whatever you can find. Uh, stairs, if for that matter, if, if you can find it. Um, you know, throw a pack on with some weights and um, you know, really, really, really push yourself. Not for the faint of heart, though. Yeah, no, not for the faint of heart. But, you know, push yourself and, and go into it seriously. You know, I probably could have went into it more seriously. But I think I actually had I had confidence in my my abilities, even though I did doubt them at some points. Uh, but that only built me up and made me stronger, which is, which is amazing. Um, pack appropriately. Um, and you can Google. A, there's a bunch of, uh, you know, packing uh, videos and in websites on how to pack for multi-day, single day, whatever day uh, trips you want to do, you know, take that into consideration and make sure you uh, make sure you just prepare for anything. I think that's the biggest thing because um, you don't want to, you know, pay a, a bill to get out because if they have to chopper you out or something, you know, and you don't want to be that guy. <laughs> Could you do that hike without packing in a tent as you did? Yeah, if the um, you know, if you know the weather is good, you don't. You really don't know a tent. You really don't need a tent. The weather was great for us. The tent was only just a, a something for bugs. Um, you know, an, an impossible shower. Um, there's very very light backpacking tents out there. I think like um, uh, three and a half ounces or seven. I, I don't even know the exact number, but you can get some light stuff. Um, you better you better off having some of the good light gear than than nothing. 
Well, Matt, congratulations on an incredible achievement. I saw the pictures. I've seen your story. It, it's amazing as someone who's done the Grand Canyon to see what you did, and what you did is a lot tougher than what I did. And I hope you get a chance to do it again, and this time I hope you don't consider bailing out halfway through. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Wayne. No, I, I, I can't wait to do something else. I think my, my legs actually have been itching to do something more lately. And, um, you know, I think that built my confidence, so I'm ready to tackle anything. Hopefully I can do the Grand Canyon with you, Wayne.